In today's show, I'm going to look at category leagues and the conundrum that's always there. What do we do as the ninth category? Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Before I get into today's show, um, if you've got any ideas of or any requests of shows that you want this week, let me know. Because we're in sort of a dead period, we're waiting on trades to happen. Um, I've got a couple of things that I'm going to be doing. Maybe some injury stuff we'll do this week as well. But if you've got something specific you'd like to ask and not like, hey, who are the best 12 players for fantasy for this season? No, we're not doing that because A, we don't know. And I haven't done any projections. There's still, or haven't finished the projections. There's still a lot of stuff to go under the bridge. And also, um, yeah, we, it's it's all it's all very relative. We can talk more strategy stuff, but we'll do that at some point during the season, of course, or during the off season. But let me know what sort of stuff you want um, for this week, and we'll see what we can get done. Today's show, we always talk, um, or not we, I, people, some people talk about cat- turnovers and how I don't like it as a category. I've gone through and laid out my argument for when looking at rankings of things with statistical correlations and with how that changes rankings, why I think including turnovers in your evaluation of a ranking when saying this play is 10th or versus 20th, I don't think that's a great way to do it, right? But turnovers are a category and yes, they can be one that you win. But my argument is in terms of evaluating those uh, those players and their value, if you include turnovers in there, it skews things quite a bit. But that's been covered on multiple shows. But I also don't like turnovers as a category, not just because it's negative. I just think that people ascribe too much importance to what a turnover is. Oh man, this guy got four turnovers a game. Well, that's that's shocking. That's a real negative value player. And it just isn't. Players who drive your offense, who run your team, will have the ball and they will turn it over a lot. A, a turnover, a dead ball turnover, one that goes out of bounds is not negative. It's more, it's actually less important than say a missed three-pointer where the opposition can grab it and get out in transition. A live ball turnover, a pass that gets intercepted in a passing lane for a steal for a fast break. Yeah, that's that's important. An offensive foul turnover, a ball thrown out of bounds turnover. Those things don't actually negatively impact teams very much at all. And we tend to ascribe so much negative value to players getting a lot of turnovers. I just don't think... Look, the the standard categories for fantasy leagues, I don't think are great anyway. We'll talk about that in a second. I don't think there's any need for a separate three-pointer category, and I don't think there's any need for field goal percentage. Um, But yeah, finding that exact perfect mix is really hard. And I'm going to go through some contenders to replace the turnover category, and then also discuss what happens when you take out field goal percentage and use some more modern 
um, some more modern uses or more modern um, examples of efficiency in place of that and what it does to the rankings. I hope all that makes sense. This is very much off-season fantasy. So, let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just for reference, your top 16 players last season using the rankings that I have per game, you know that I'm discounting turnovers. Just to give you an idea where players sit, right? Jokic, one. Durant, two. Embiid, three. LeBron, four. Trey Young, five. Harden, six. Irving, seven. Steph, eight. Towns, nine. Giannis, 10. DeJounte, 11. Doncic, 12. Paul George, 13. Tatum, 14. Lamelo 15. Butler, 16. I think a couple of things stand out there when you look at those rankings. Do they actually reflect the value of players? And why that's not, you don't have to have a one-to-one in terms of, well, the fantasy value of a player must exactly replicate the on-court value of a player. DeJounte Murray, at 11, wasn't the 11th best player in the NBA. Giannis wasn't the 10th best player. He was like the second or third. Doncic wasn't the 12th best player. He was higher than that. Trey Young wasn't the fifth best player. James Harden wasn't the sixth best player. You could argue that Kyrie on a per-game basis maybe was the seventh best player. Was Jimmy Butler the 16th best player? Was he worse than LaMelo Ball? Probably not. Was Jason Tatum the 14th best player? Probably not. He's probably higher than that. So, but all, all in all, it, it's not a bad representation. But as I said, this is how I view the the rankings and I don't include the turnovers in in there. I, I, I just don't for all those reasons I've mentioned. But I think that's a relative, apart from a few little things, yeah, DeJounte above those guys, Giannis too low, Trey too high. It's not it's not a terrible representation of the value that players brought during the season. If we compare it to say, which again is not a be all and end all of rankings of value, the EPM metric over at dunksandthrees.com. They had Jokic at one, Embiid two, Giannis three, Steph four, Durant five, LeBron six. Kyrie seven. It's apart from what I said about Giannis being too low, it's pretty much the same. That Jason Tatum at eight. Then two names here: Drew Holiday and Rudy Gobert at nine and ten, who aren't in that top sixteen. All right, so their defensive impact not really reflected in fantasy. Trey Young at eleven, Chris Paul thirteen, Jarrett Allen fourteen, Towns fifteen, Butler sixteen, Booker seventeen, Doncic eighteen, Paul George nineteen. So. You can see a few names there. Gobert and Holiday, the defensive impact, pushing them up in EPM versus standard fantasy value. Giannis pushing up, which was something I said we, we think should happen. Trey Young pushing down. DeJounte Murray pushing way down as well. He was pushed down to 26th in an EPM metric, which I think is a more realistic representation of where he sits. So that's your standard fantasy ranking. So when I often talk about turnovers and my... I think having nine categories versus eight categories is is what you should do, right? I don't. I think having the the nine, the odd number, is better than the even number. So, in general, like having, I don't mind having turnovers in the league. I don't think it's the best way to go about it, but I don't mind having it in there because I want that ninth category. But what else can we have as a ninth category? What else can replace turnovers? One common thing that people will say to me is, well, we don't use turnovers in my league. We use assist to turnover ratio. What do you think about that? Um, let me show you what I think about it. Because this is the top 16 players replacing turnovers with assist to turnover ratio. My issue with assist to turnover ratio is that it does tend to boost the assist players a lot. It, it does. It does boost that because... 
you'll see it. Number one, it's Jokic. And just a spoiler alert, every single slide that I put up today is going to have Jokic at one. Every, whatever, whatever sort of um, arrangement I try to do with these categories, Jokic is going to be at one. So he's at one here. But number two is Chris Paul. Now, was Chris Paul remotely close to the second best player in the NBA last season? I really don't believe so. Kevin Durant's at three. And I damn well know that DeJounte Murray was not the fourth best player in the NBA. But that's how he comes out here. Trey's at five, Harden six, LeBron seven, Kyrie eight. Okay, I can sort of get behind some of that. Harden at six, probably not. Embiid at nine, Steph at 10. Well, Embiid should be way higher than that. Tyrese Halliburton at 11 and LaMelo Ball at 12. With Giannis and Luka coming in at 13, 14. Doesn't really... Like, yes, you can punt free throws and, and move up with those guys. But I, I don't... That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Then Jimmy Butler at 15 and Van Vliet at 16. But what stands out to me... Is Chris Paul at two? Not really reflective. DeJounte at four? Absolutely not reflective. Steph at 10, Giannis at 13, Luca at 14? Not particularly reflective. So it's okay, but that boost to a Chris Paul and to a DeJounte Murray, I don't think is great. And then what we're going to see is who are the big, biggest changes. If I put assisted turnovers in as a ninth category, how does that change from the standard rankings that I use? What does that change the players? Where do they move up and down from? And when you look at who the biggest beneficiaries are, what I did was I only used the top 150 players from my standard rank. So anyone that was in the top 150 on a per game basis from my from my standard ranks, this is what happened. TJ McConnell rose 72 places. At it definitely um it seems too high. Like TJ McConnell is not that good. TJ McConnell should not be jumping up anywhere near that high. He was 146th in standard rankings. He goes up to 74th in these rankings. It's too high. Monty Morris jumps 52 places. Pat Beverly, 47. Caruso, 37. All of those guys, Con McConnell, Morris, Beverly, Caruso, extremely low usage players who are all point guards. They've got Mike Conley up 34. Derek White up 32. Fultz up 32. Brunson up 29. Everyone getting the biggest boost there, a low volume. Yeah, Brunson, maybe not that low volume. Conley's a relatively low volume starting point guard. A lot of them are backup guards getting gigantic boosts. Three, four, five round boosts in value. Doesn't really work for me. The biggest fallers, Lou Dort drops 56 spots. He had an assist to turnover ratio of one. That's really bad. Boyan Bogdanovich drops 55 spots. And then it's a lot of centers which you don't expect that necessarily because your centers don't get a lot of assists, but you expect them not get not to get turnovers. But they do get turnovers because turnovers are things like offensive fouls. That's that's a turnover. Do they count like th three seconds in the paint? Is that a turnover? I think it is. Offensive three seconds. So Dort drops 56, Bogdanovich 55, Nurkic 49, Zubats 47, Holmes 46, Lopez 43, Drummond 38, and Mitch Robinson drops by 36 spots. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Unfortunately, in all of the things that I'm going to go through, you're going to see the names Andre Drummond and Mitchell Robinson a lot. Their values change wildly depending on what you put in here. And I guess it's your stomach for those sort of players. Do you think they're good or not as to how you view that? So I'm not sure that assisted turnover ratio, ratio is the best way to go about it. 
But what I do know is that when you're looking for the number one spot for all of your sports betting news, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, which is obviously cracking at the moment, back from the All-Star break. Um, and then NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline.net continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. And we are just a couple of weeks away from NFL preseason. Raiders, Jaguars, Jaguars. The Raiders are two-point favorites in that game if you are so inclined to take a look at a Hall of Fame game betting line. Head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the action that's happening today. BetOnline is, of course, where the game starts. So, what if we replace turnovers with offensive rebounds? We saw that putting assist-to-turnover ratio in over turnovers boosted guards a lot. So offensive rebounds, of course, will boost big men more, you would guess. Now, I could have done this saying take out total rebounds and replace that with defensive rebounds. But the way that most people tend to approach this is they just go, well, we'll just take turnovers out and put offensive rebounds in. I don't like that approach personally because it's double counting. It means every time you get an offensive rebound, you get offensive rebound and a total rebound. Don't like that. But a lot of people do it this way, so I wanted to highlight it. I also didn't include free throws made in this analysis because it's one of the worst categories out there. Because what is a free throw made? It is a point. Why is a point from the free throw line worth more than scoring a point on a jumper? Why should it be? It shouldn't be. That's why free throws made should never be a category. Anyway. Offensive rebounds, replacing turnovers. We go Jokic, Embiid. Well, that's pretty similar. Durant, LeBron. That's pretty similar. Towns moves up to five. Giannis moves up to six. Oh, I like Giannis moving up to six. Towns at five, maybe too high. Harden at seven. He dropped down. Trey Young at eight. He dropped down. That's not bad. Rob Williams at nine. Okay, well, now you've lost me. I, I can't have a situation where Robert Williams is the ninth best player. Is he good? Sure. Can be a top 50 player in fantasy or in real life? Maybe. In the original rankings, he was about 27th or 30th, I believe. I better double-check that before I just start spouting off. Rob Williams, in the regular rankings, was 30th. All right. Probably about right. Maybe a little bit high. Ninth? No. That's almost disqualifying right there. 10 was Kyrie. 11, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert at 11? I'm actually all for it. He probably was, by so many advanced metrics, a top 10 to 15 player in the NBA. And without... Yeah, including um, something to give him that boost in fantasy, he just doesn't become that valuable. He's not a top 10 player or a top 12 player. He was 27th in the original rankings. So him at 11 is okay. Davis at 12. DeJounte Murray at 13, dropping a little bit. Sabonis at 14. I don't think he's the 14th best player. And then having Sabonis and DeJounte ahead of Steph and Luca, who were coming at 15 and 16, as well as Rob Williams at nine, that's not that's not a good measure, I don't think. So I'm not going to really love offensive rebounds as a great replacement for turnovers as a category or putting that extra value in. So who are the big changes here? Well, I told you before, be prepared. Mitch Robinson jumped 66 spots. Andre Drummond dropped 65 spots. You would have to suggest that that, that is too... Andre Drummond was a backup center for most of last year. He was 82nd in these rankings with offensive rebounds included. Mitchell Robinson was 52nd. That's just not right. Vanderbilt up 53 spots. Capella and Okongwu, 49 and 43. Pirtle, 38. Zubats, 36. Gafford, 36. 
All of these players, and I'm just looking to see, every one of those players is a very low usage to low usage big man who gets significant boosts of three to six, three to five rounds in value. And center being such a weird spot in the NBA that how many of the Vanderbilt back up for most of the season, Okongwu back up, Gafford back up, Drummond back up. All those guys getting big boosts as backup centers. I'm not sure you want to reward those sort of players getting 20 minutes a night to that much increase in value. So who dropped the most? Fultz down 43 spots, Monty Morris 32, Seth Curry 29, Malik Monk 29, Bogdan Bogdanovich 28, Marcus Morris 27, Jay Crowder 26, and Simons 25. Okay. Nothing really massively stands out there. Losing a lot of value from Simons. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe he's somewhat overrated by his fantasy performances. Monty Morris down 32. He was already on the fringes anyway. Seth Curry down 29, Bogdanovich down 28. I don't mind Morris and Crowder because they're not particularly good. So nothing on the negative side really massively stands out. It's more the impact on the positive side of things for rankings and you know that Rob Williams type situation that we talked about earlier. That's more of the concern to me when trying to establish value here. One of the other ones, well, three-pointers are a big part of the NBA game. All right, big, big, big part. So what about if we replace turnovers with three-point percentage? There are concerns with this anyway because field goal percentage, your traditional field goal percentage metric, includes three-point percentage. And I try not to, or I'm not, this is part of why I don't like three-pointers made as a category, is that things that double up uh, can be a real problem. Or they're, they're not, it's not great to me when you have that problem. And if you have three-point percentage, so if you have a lower three-point percentage, it dings your field goal percentage as well. So... Again, ideally, much like the rebounding, offensive rebound versus total rebound, I think if you have three-point percentage, you'd have to replace field goal percentage with two-point percentage. Really split those things apart. But some sites, including Yahoo, and I think ESPN as well, I think only Fantrax offers it, they don't offer two-point percentage as a category. You can't do it. So you know, the, the real option for majority of people is going to be putting three-point percentage in over turnovers. So what does it do to the ranks here? Jokic at one, shock. Wow, amazing. Durant at two, Kyrie at three. Look, in EPM, he was pretty high. That's not outrageous. Embiid at four, Trey at five, LeBron at six, Towns at seven, Steph at eight. Trey too high there. Otherwise, it's not far off. It's not bad. Lamelo at nine, that's too high. Harden at 10, probably about where he was or he should be. Halliburton at 11. And then you get the, the real dogs balls there. Lonzo Ball at 12, what? He shot threes really well, but... Lonzo Ball at 12 on a per-game basis. That is... Um, now, you're probably going to be shocked to know that Lonzo Ball was actually 36th in rankings anyway, but that's a big, big jump for Lonzo to get up to number 12 based on three-point percentage. Doncic at 13, Paul George 14, Booker 15, DeJounte 16. That's moving DeJounte more into his probably correct area in terms of value. Doncic still not high enough. It's Overall, it's not bad. Halliburton a little bit high. Trey a little bit high. Doncic a little low. Lonzo definitely too high. But overall, and, and the lack of Gobert and the lack of Giannis probably hurts the overall um, view of these sort of ranks. But it's not, it's not terrible. As I, I'm talking here, and I just completely forgot to put the graphic up on the screen. <laughs> wow, what a, what a stuff up that is. Everything I just said, the graphic is now up on the screen. So you can just, I'll just 
waffle a little bit and talk about you know, something else while you just get a chance to absorb what's up on the screen there. So you know, the top 16 in three-point percentage, it's Jokic. It's not in three-point percentage with three-point percentage added as the ninth category. It's Jokic, it's Durant, it's Irving, Embiid, Trey Young, LeBron James, Towns, Curry, LaMelo Ball, Harden, Halliburton, too high for Tyrese, Lonzo Ball, Doncic, George, Booker, Murray. Getting some somewhere, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Who are the biggest changes in including three-point percentages of category? Cam Johnson moves up five rounds, 58 spots. He was good. Was he that good? I don't think so. Was he the 69th best player? Almost definitely not. Giggity. Yeah, would you want to play in leagues where Cam Johnson's a fifth, sixth round player? Simons jumped up 44 spots. Now, we talked about the last one with offensive rebounds where Anthony Simons fell you know, significantly. But in this one, he's 58th. Like, he was 102nd for the season. Obviously, there were ups and downs with Simons with players in and out. He was 102nd for the year. In the offensive rebound one, he went up to 127th. With three-point percentage, he goes to 58th. I think him at 100 and around 100 is probably maybe 80th best player. Like, it's probably about right. 58th, I'm not sure. Seth Curry up 41. Norman Powell up 38. Alec Burks up 37. Conley 33. Finney Smith up 30. And Kevin Love up 28. So... While the top 16 or so looked okay in general, some big rises there that I'm not sure those guys are hyper-valuable. Oh, Max, actually, that's not that's not true. They do they do have value. It's not outrageous. It's not like looking at a, j- a jump from Mitchell Robinson or Andre Drummond. To me, seeing Norman Powell or Seth Curry or even Dorian Finney-Smith get rewarded as a really good player is, is not bad. The guys that fall a lot, Jordan Clarkson down 90 spots. Very critical of Jordan Clarkson at times because he tends to be just an extraordinarily high-volume player who can be inefficient. So him dropping outside the top 240, if you have three-point percentage, actually is a positive to me. Josh Giddy down 75. That's not... I like what Giddy did, but his bad shooting really impacts him. Dylan Brooks down 63. Reggie Jackson down 63. Lou Dort down 61. Clarkson, Brooks, Jackson, and Dort dropping five to seven rounds because they, they are poor shooters is actually fine with me. I don't love Dylan Brooks as a player. In fact, some might say he's the worst player in the NBA to watch. That might be me. That might be others. I don't know. Reggie Jackson, inefficient chucker at times. Lou Dort gets by on high volume, but just is not efficient. So them dropping and losing that value, I don't mind. The same goes for Chumura Kiki dropping 58 spots. Julius Randle dropping 48 and Karis LeVert dropping 46. Both, you know, Randle and LeVert in particular, really frustrating to watch. Takes a lot of shots and misses them, and the three-point shooting's been bad consistently. Do they deserve to lose that much value? Maybe. Three-point percentage, not not bad, and maybe it's one that we can get in there and tweak. We've got to find ways to get Giannis and Gobert and that a little bit higher up the top. But the way those play, players have lost or gained value, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that against it. This is one that's a really common one that people will replace turnovers with. Double-doubles. I'll just say it now, it's, it's, it's a bad category. It's a bad category, but we'll go through it. And I'll tell you why it's a bad category. It's binary. It's binary. I don't like a binary category. What does that mean? That means on every game a player plays, there are only two outcomes. Did you get a double-double? Yes. Did you get a double-double? No. There's, no. there's no nuance. There's no fractions. There's no nothing. 
Like, did you get a double-double? Yes. Did you get one? No. So a player can only get a maximum of one on any day. It's one or zero. And it's arbitrary. Is a 25 and nine game better than a 12 and 10 game? Probably. But that one extra rebound scores you that big one in a double-double category. They're also very limited. It's very hard to be able to find double-doubles off the waiver wire. There's, like, you can find players who score points on the waiver wire. Not many points, but they're there. Players who get rebounds. Four or five rebounds, you can find them. A steal. Two threes. Three assists. Two assists. You can find that. Very hard to find someone who's going to consistently give you double-doubles. They're just sitting on the wire. For a short stretch because of an injury, yes, it happens. But when you're in a situation, players, like you might get 70 guys who regularly get double-doubles and that's it. There's real outside of trading. You can't actually make up for that category by finding these players off the waiver wire because they just don't exist outside of little stretches for injury replacement. So it's one of those ones where you either get the double-double guys early or you just, got to, you just can't compete in that category. There's no bouncing back. There's no sort of competing. It's, it's really tough. Who the top 16? Jokic, Embiid, Durant. Cool. That's fine. Same top three as most formats. Harden at four. Hmm. He must have got a lot of double-doubles with assists. That's probably not reflective. LeBron at five. Trey at six. A lot of assist double-doubles. What I do like here is that Giannis moves up to seven. Luka moves up to nine. DeJounte's at 10. Steph's at 11. Gobert's at 12. That's good. Sabonis at 13. Probably too high. Definitely too high. Kyrie at 14. Maybe that's more his spot. Chris Paul, 15. Anthony Davis, 16. As much as I don't like double-doubles, the top of this draft, or the top of the rankings, he's not bad. A nice boost for Giannis, a boost for Luka. I don't like that Steph dropped, but it's a boost for Gobert. Chris Paul probably getting more into the area where he should be at 15. Sabonis probably too high. It's not outrageous. When we get into who are the biggest changes, if you have double-doubles as a category, it's Drummond again up 36 spots. Christian Wood, 32. Capella, 31. Nurkic, 26. Wendell Carter, 26. Zubats, 26. Westbrook, 25. And Robinson, 25. So you're giving that gigantic boost to Westbrook when he did not have a good season. Um, does not feel good to me. Drummond up 36. Yeah, that's probably too much. Yeah, two, three round extra value on guys. Yeah, Christian Wood. Wendell Carter. Like, where's That's probably pushing Wendell Carter. I'm going to have a look. Where did it push Wendell Carter up to? Um... You know, the 44th ranked player. Nurkic at 43. That doesn't feel right to me. That doesn't feel like what it... um Doesn't feel like it, like it's representing um value or where those players should lie. On the, on the downside, Des Bain lost 18 spots. There's not... As you can see with the double-doubles, because they're so binary and they're so concentrated in a few players, that when you don't... When you include double-doubles, players don't drop that much. The high, you know, out of the top 150 players, the biggest fall was Desmond Bain down 18. Hero down 16. Poole 15. McCullum 15. Draymond Green down 14. Fox down 14. Toby Harris down 13. And the Jedi, OG Ananobi, he goes down 13 as well. But what about Scarf? OG. Blizzard stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. So that's, it's not bad to see those guys drop that little bit there. But again, I don't like the rise of some of these centers and overvaluing those players. So... From what we've gone through here, three-point percentage, double-doubles, assist to turnover, 
offensive rebounds. Do any of them really stand out as perfect options? I would say assisted turnover ratio, probably the worst one there. Three-point percentage has some flaws. Offensive rebounds, maybe, but probably not with the boost to these back-end guys so significant. I would suggest that there's no real perfect option there. Not to say that the original format is perfect, but I don't think there's a perfect option here. Still probably needs more stuff and it needs more categories to be available, to be used. I just don't think that this, there's one, I don't think assisted turnover is your answer. I don't think offensive rebounds is. I don't think three-point percentage is, though that sort of goes close, but it's still not quite there because of the downgraded Giannis gets and Gobert. Double-doubles, I don't think is the answer. So you might have an argument, we do this in our league, and that is absolutely fine. Like if that's how you run in your league, do it. But I don't think that there's necessarily a clear winning option out there. What about field goal percentage? It's a very outdated way of viewing a player's efficiency. Oh, but you only shoot 44% from the field. This guy shoots 50. But that doesn't mean that he's a more efficient player. It literally doesn't because of the additional value of a three-point shot. If you're taking more shots from three, you're inherently going to shoot a a lower percentage, but you're actually bringing more value to your team if they're going in at the correct rate. So effective field goal percentage might be something to look at. What does effective field goal percentage do? Well, it weights in the value of a three-point shot. Field goal percentage, every shot is considered the same. doesn't matter how many points you get from a shot. None of that matters. All it is is how many shots did I take? How many shots did I hit? What's the percentage? Effective field goal percentage gives the three-point shot extra value. So that when you are Steph Curry shooting 45% from the field, but so many of those are from three, your effective field goal percentage goes higher than someone that shoots 50%, but they're all from two. So if we replace field goal percentage just with effective field goal percentage, what happens? Number one, it's Jokic. Wow, what a shock. You know what? I've said it so many times. He's got to get it. Jokic one, Durant two, LeBron three, Steph four, Embiid five. It's a pretty good top five, to be honest. It's pretty good. You're missing Giannis, but it's a pretty good top five. Six is Trey Young, probably too high. Irving at seven, Harden at eight, not bad. Towns nine, Doncic ten, Giannis eleven, George thirteen, Tatum. So George twelve, Tatum thirteen, Lamelo fourteen, Van Vliet fifteen, Dejounte sixteen. Hmm. The arguments I would have with that is Tatum's probably too low. Giannis and Doncic are too low. Trey and Harden are probably too high. But, yeah, Lamelo probably a bit too high. DeJounte probably a bit too high. You need Gobert in that mix somewhere. It's not... Drew Holiday probably should be in this mix somewhere too. It's not far off giving a little bit more reflective value. It's not far off. Yeah, you know, I, I think having that level of efficiency is interesting. If we go to who the biggest changes are in that category, Cam Johnson, 40 spots rising because of his three-point shooting, obviously. Finney Smith up 32. Love, 26. Seth Curry, 25. Simons, 25. Monk, 23. Royce O'Neal, 22. And Crowder, 21. The negative side of this is that these are all really low-usage players, with the exception of Simons and Love. In general, they're low-usage players who are benefiting from some really good three-point shooting. 
helping their effective field goal percentage, especially when I look at Crowder, O'Neill, Finney-Smith, Johnson. They're not high-usage guys, but getting a real boost from efficiency. But there's a reason that Finney-Smith is a starter on a conference final team. There's a reason that Cam Johnson plays upward of 25 minutes on the league's best record team. There's a reason that Royce O'Neill played 30 minutes a night on a team like Utah, who was a consistent playoff threat for you know, or top seed for four years. The reason that Jay Crowder starts for Phoenix, you know, maybe I can't make that same example for Malik Monk or Anthony Simons, but there's a reason that Kevin Love was efficient and the Cavs were better. There's a reason that Seth Curry is a wanted player. So maybe the value of those guys is reflective. And who's on the downside here? Well, this is where it gets really interesting. Fultz dropped 58, 58 spots. I liked what Fultz did when he came back from injury, but he's horribly inefficient. Westbrook, 53 down. Brooks, 51 down. Levert, 38 down. Jackson, 35 down. Fox, 33 down. I actually think that's totally fine. All of those guys, horrible efficiency from Westbrook. Horrible efficiency from Brooks. Horrible efficiency, Levert. Jackson, really bad. Darren Fox stunk for nearly all the season because of the bad shooting and poor shot selection. Yeah, Josh Giddy 33 and Randall 32. Giddy's not a good shooter. Yeah, he, he's going to cop this hit. And Randall down 32, he was poor as well. And you'll see so many of these guys outside of, say, Dylan Brooks and probably Levert on teams that underperformed. Westbrook down. The Clippers down with Jackson. Fox and the Kings down. The Knicks and Randall down. Because these guys were taking a big load, giggity, and being bad at it. That's not not bad. Not bad. The last one I'm going to do is true shooting percentage. Do you know what true shooting percentage is? It's a single number to determine efficiency. It takes into account free throws, two-point field goals, and three-point field goals. League average is around 57% usually. So if you're going to include true shooting percentage in your league, you can't have field goal percentage. You can't have free throw percentage. It's all put into one number. So that makes it tougher, doesn't it? Because that's two categories going out. But let me posit you this question 33 minutes into this podcast. Why do we have to have nine categories? I said at the start, I want nine over eight and an odd number is good. Why does it have to be nine? Sure, it's been nine forever, but why does it have to be? Baseball is not nine. Baseball is what? Five by five as a standard. That's 10. They even go with odd categories or even categories, sorry. Why can't it be seven? Why can't we remove field goals and free throws? Remove turnovers. Go points, threes, rebounds. Assist, steals, blocks, and true shooting. Why can't we do that? Why can't we have seven? So you're removing field goals, free throws, and turnovers, and you're putting true shooting in. Why is that not an option? Here's the top players. If we do that, have the, have the one efficiency... With the six counters. Number one, Jokic. Wow. Number two, LeBron. Number three. Number four, Embiid. Number five, Durant. Number six, Doncic. You know what? I really like that top six. Number seven, Towns. Number eight, Steph. Nine, Harden. Ten, Gobert. Eleven, Trey. Twelve, Kyrie. That's a pretty bloody good top 12. 13, Davis. 14, Sabonis. Mm, that's a little off. 15, Tatum. 16, DeJounte. All I can really say there is push Tatum a little bit higher. And it's probably the best or what I think the most reflective top 
values comparing real-life value of the player to fantasy value. You might disagree with that. I think it goes pretty close to where it wants to be. It's not perfect, because when we have a look at who the biggest changes are in this situation, it's a lot of the guys with poor percentages, especially poor free throws, getting big bumps. So let's look at that. Mitchell Robinson up 61 spots. Christian Wood, 49. He was just hyper um, poor with his free throws, but this helps him. Drummond up 42. Wiggins up 41. That's interesting. He's really sucked with his efficiency, but he was impactful. Harrell up 36. Shout out to Montrose Harrell not being on a roster. Clint Capella up 34. Cousin Kevin Porter Jr. up 32 spots. And Finney Smith up 32 by including uh, true shooting percentage. What about on the downside? While the guys who are hyper-destructive, they cop it. Dylan Brooks down 95 spots. Reggie Jackson, 91. Fultz, 76. McConnell, 59. Rose, 48. That's interesting. He's not destructive. I don't know why he dropped so much. LaMarcus Aldridge down 46. He was pretty poor. Franz Wagner. That was a weird one. How's Wagner down 45 spots? Why is he down so far? What's what's his issue with true shooting? It was at 56%. Like it's not it's not terrible, but the problem is that so much of his value was derived from being 86% from the free throw line. So you lose that big positive, because that's part of it. You lose that positive, which was Franz Wagner's absolute best fantasy category. And then you you remove field goal percentage, which wasn't a bad negative, but you add a negative in true shooting percentage, and then other players jump up. It's a big drop. That's an interesting one. And then Josh Giddy down 43. So I like the top of the rankings for that true shooting. I don't like the rises of Robinson, Wood, Drummond, Harrell, Capella necessarily. But I like the fall of Brooks or McConnell, Jackson, because of how destructive they can be. In the end, that's 37 minutes of a podcast where I'm not sure there's actually a perfect answer there for it. I would like there to be one. I don't think there is one. I will continually talk about, I think we need to start to normalize some other type of metrics. I don't like three-pointers made. I don't like field goal percentage. I want to do things like hustle stats, deflections, charges taken, shots contested, if we're able to include those and a mix of those things while removing three-pointers made, while removing field goal percentage and perhaps replacing the percentages with true shooting in general, removing turnovers, I think we have something. If we remove turnovers, like, and, and I can't get these numbers because they're not available on any of the fantasy sites, but if you were able to get those seven that I just used and then put things in like deflections, like shots contested, even usage rate is a possibility. Maybe. There are ways to go. It, people are going to be stubborn. They're going to hate it. They're not going to want to put in these numbers. They claim they don't understand. Even though they're not that hard to figure out. And people love the standard stuff. So in general, we're probably just going to stick with it. But I think what this hopefully gives you as an idea is other options. But also maybe some of the other options you're using maybe aren't quite as good as what the standard actually is. I'd really love to know what you guys think. Tweet it at me. Do you use something different in your categories? Do you disagree with me about things like offensive rebounds or double-doubles or the impact of three-point percentage? Do you like the true shooting percentage lists? Tell me what you think. Or does it just not matter? And I think that's a possibility as well. Follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up. 
Leave your comments down below and also check out Locked On NBA. It's on YouTube. It's wherever you get your podcasts. And when you're looking for an additional 30 minutes after you listen to this of NBA news, check it out. Locked On NBA, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.